0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Colony Drop, your favorite Gundam podcast. My name is Isaac.
1: And my name is Brian, and this is a podcast where we talk about anything and everything related to the Mobile Suit Gundam franchise. From the anime, to the movie, to the models, to the manga, to the music, to the live action film, you name it, we do it. Isn't that right, Isaac?
0: That's right, Brian. And today is a very special day. It's it's a capstone episode, you could say.
1: Listeners, we're just going to rip that Band-Aid off and go ahead and talk about Endless Waltz.
0: Brian, we're ripping it off, and it's one of those Band-Aids you put on your leg, so like there's leg hair, and you just rip it off anyway. (laughs) (laughs) The really, really painful kind, yeah. Yes, the scab was like, it turned purple.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Isaac, after that hellacious watch of the the series, what was your mood coming into this movie? What level were your expectations at?
0: (laughs) My feelings coming into *Endless Waltz* after that horrible series that got worse over time is I was hesitant, resistant, and dreading the worst when I uh, when I hit play and started *Endless Waltz*. My the dubbed version that I saw. What were your feelings going into it?
1: So I I owned Endless Waltz back in the day, so I I knew what to expect. I just hadn't seen it, you know, in probably, I don't know, 20 years or something. So it was definitely going to be more of a a walk down memory lane. But before I started it, I definitely couldn't have told you much other than kind of the the vague outline of the events. So I don't know, Isaac. It didn't turn out to be as bad as I thought it was going to be. I I mean, I enjoyed watching it. That's much more than I
0: thought I was going to be able to say at the start man can i like go a little further and ask why did you buy unless waltz all those years ago oh i bought it because it was the only gundam thing
1: that i could find on dvd back oh. in the day yeah so i bought it okay i bought it before the original series came out on dvd this was back when when you're very much well aware of this at Suncoast, you know one DVD was like $50, right? So Yeah, you got to save
0: money and like, <laughs> figure out what you're actually going to get. <laughs> yeah, I
1: had to mow a lot of lawns, right? So I'm sure the original series was on something like 10 DVDs, right? So buying the one Endless Waltz DVD was much cheaper than buying the first three episodes for you know $35 or $39, whatever it was back then.
0: That makes a lot of sense, Brian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Isaac, Endless Waltz is a three-episode OVA and a movie. Uh, it has two formats. Which one did you watch? Did you watch the three episodes or the movie?
0: I watched the three episodes. Oh, interesting. Well, I, I found, like, the quickest dub I could locate. And I was <laughs> like, let's just get this done. And so, I'm not sure if you know. Is there any difference? Was anything edited out of one, than missing in another? There is. So. <gasps> oh, no.
1: The OVA, the three episodes, came out in Japan in 1997. And then in 1998, they came out with a movie. It was called, like, Special Edition. Uh, And then the movie did air on Cartoon Network, I think in 2000. So alongside the series. There is, I read on the wiki, 10 minutes of additional footage in the movie versus the OVAs. Which is
0: a lot, given that this is only really like an hour and a half long. Okay, wow. I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to figure out what was added. (laughs) Because as far as I'm concerned, a lot of scenes were very (laughs) unnecessary
1: to the overall plot. Interesting. So I did read about the scenes that were added. Uh, And I thought they were all actually some of the better scenes. (laughs) So if you're out on the hunt to watch Endless Waltz, I recommend watching the movie version rather than the OVAs because I think the extra footage is worth it. Sure. (laughs) The only way you can watch Endless Waltz officially is on Blu-ray or on the official Gundam Info YouTube channel. They will put it up occasionally. I think it was last there in July of this year, so pretty recently. It's also been there over the years, I think in 2016, 17. So... Probably every year you can count on it popping up. So if you haven't seen it, you know, continue waiting. <laughs> or I'm sure you could track it down other ways.
0: Yes, through um, other sources at locations, <laughs> <laughs> various and hidden. <laughs>
1: Not very well hidden, I might add. No, you,
0: you can duck-duck-go it. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> but yeah, those 10 minutes of extra footage I thought were actually some of the better scenes. So that's unfortunate that you didn't watch the movie version. So here's one of the scenes that was added let let me see if you can confirm this then sure so in the movie version dorothy shows up was she not in the ova version
0: i don't think she was
1: yeah so see Uh. there you go i won't say that her part was very big or very good but
0: yeah does she just fly a ship or something
1: (laughs) (laughs) no she shows up and convinces a bunch of civilians to like storm Mari maya's compound and then when they finally agree she goes all right then let's go or something and like she had all these buses or trucks on standby, and they all just pull in and, and they, you know, to to like bus these civilians <laughs> over. So I, I don't know. She has she has like a trucking company now. Sure. Well, she can afford it. Huh? <laughs> True. <laughs> so I have my Gundam official guide out. Isaac, shall we hear the logline? Oh boy.
0: Okay. Let's hear what the official take is <laughs> on endless waltz.
1: A year has passed since the end of the great war between Earth and the space colonies. A new world government has united both sides and dedicated itself to total pacifism, destroying all its weapons in the name of peace. However, another new faction sees this as an opportunity to make its grab for power, and the Gundam pilots are forced to come out of retirement and protect the fragile peace one last time.
0: Yeah, that about sums it. I mean, (laughs) it's it's very much, to me, felt like we want to see our pilots again. We want to see the Gundams again. Gundam Wing did well. Let's kind of shoehorn in. A new threat that kind of comes out of nowhere and inexplicably in a in a pacified world, a disarmed world, essentially seizes control.
1: Yeah, you mentioned uh, off the podcast what was the point of this story? I would say the business purpose is to just capitalize on it because it was a popular series and they wanted to sell more model kits, right? But yeah, story wise, it it does feel a little bit extra,
0: huh? yeah i would say you technically don't need to watch it it's very much um a nerd moment it reminds me of reading lord of the rings and how after they defeat sauron in the book there's actually a small part where they have to like go back to the shire and like defeat some thugs <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah it's it's very much like well we kind of already saved the world you know what's happening now? Well, there's like a small army that manages to take control of the world, and or at least just the White House of the world, the the government headquarters, <laughs> and you know the the heroes have to show up and save the day.
1: Isaac, give our listeners the the two minute version of this of this movie.
0: Okay, so it turns out, Deccan Barton, <laughs> leader of the Varn Foundation, which apparently is this powerful corporation that can make weapons that came out of nowhere, yep, yep, uh, <laughs> has put together a private army. Led by Mari Mea Kushernada, Trey's Kuchinada's alleged daughter. Allegedly, and yeah. I mean, sure, it's a daughter, but at the same time, it was like, well, this really came out of nowhere. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very easily could be a puppet, and based on what Deckham says later, to an extent, she was just as replaceable. She she was easily replaceable. So who knows how many Mari Mayas were, were waiting in the wings? He doesn't attack along with some plotting, arranges so that the Gundam pilots are far from Earth. Their, gu- their Gundams are heading towards the sun, or at least some of them are. And in the meantime, he seizes control of the capital and prepares to take control of the Earth. But the Gundam pilots return, and using their mobile suits in a much better animated form, <laughs> um, they manage to save the day and defeat uh, the Barton Foundation and restore peace to the Earth sphere.
1: Yes, yeah, so you'll notice at the end of this movie our characters are not at a dramatically different situation than they were at the end of the series. So that that's why no. it feels a little extra, right?
0: Yeah, nothing really changes, nobody dies. I mean, it would have been one thing if Relena died in the series. That really would have changed the whole the weight of it, you right. know. Yeah. Like she, she died for peace and like wow. Other than that, no. <laughs> this this might as well have been added on to the series as like a two episodes. You know, to take us to 51 episodes, and it would have felt fine, right? (laughs) It's more of like an encore. It's just kind
1: of like more of the same. That said, I would say that this movie, or these OVAs, they definitely feel more like the very end of the series, because it does move very briskly, which is a welcome change from most of the show, right? I think most of the show was pretty meandering, we decided. These, at least, I felt like moved pretty quickly. So... Right. You didn't really have that problem because inherently in the format of a three-episode OVA or a movie, you have to move quick. So that resolved one of Gundam Wing's problems, I think, from, from the get-go.
0: Overall, for what it is, it starts, it explains kind of what's the setup, and then from there you just you get pulled through the roller coaster. A lot happens. Everybody seems to have something to do, from Sally Poe to Noin, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> depending on the version you watch, Dorothy relena is next to useless but like for whatever reason they let her keep talking um <laughs> when she's a hostage like nobody ever shuts her up she just continues to like philosophically um y- you know chip away at Mary man <laughs> and yeah the-, the gundam pilots are out doing gundam pilot things like you know fighting or when they have to be on foot like being insanely good with like machine, machine guns or martial arts right
1: <laughs> i don't know i think relena has the best character development moment at the very end, which which we'll get to. It's the most obvious character development I've ever seen. So So Isaac, right away when we open, we are treated to a pretty good battle scene between the Gundam pilots, like a flashback to the last battle. Libra.
0: Yeah. Beautifully animated.
1: Yeah, and so right away there's a a big change. For this film, for this OVA series, all the Gundam designs were redone by Hajime Katoki. And Isaac, they're a lot better. I don't love them, but I like them a lot better than the ones in the show.
0: They're so militarized. I'd say they're they've been hard tacked. Yeah. So the actual details of each frame, of each individual part of the Gundam, they're much more um, specked out, if I could say that way. Overall, just detailed highly, and it's a great looking anime. I think you know. I think it holds up well. Um, that might be its greatest strength. <laughs> Because I don't think the dialogue, <laughs> the story itself, and all of that were great. Unless you're a really big Gundam Wing fan, in which case this was, you know, this two hours of heaven, hour and a half of heaven.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think if, if you already loved Gundam Wing, the series, then this was the cherry on top, right? Maybe that's what this
0: was supposed to be. I suppose. so. They sat down and they said, you know what? Let's have all the heroes and characters come back for one more hurrah. Yeah. We'll make up a villain. We'll make up a crisis. Everybody gets to look like a hero and we're done. <laughs>
1: So I guess call me a shill, but I, I guess I just love Hajime Kotoki's stuff, uh, except his crossbone redesigns. But I don't know, I, that made it automatically a little bit better for me, Isaac. Just having the designs redone.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with that. It was nicer to see, but at the same time, uh, <laughs> we're watching Gundam Wing. You know, the bonus episode. Essentially, you're still looking for that substance. So yeah, I'm still I'm still waiting for the dermale cut. <laughs> we're like everything's from Dermale's perspective. (laughs) He comes back and he's like, you've run this organization right into the ground. Yeah. He's like, all right, Dorothy, I was really counting on like revenge or something, but you really let me down. You're like the worst granddaughter ever.
1: Have we ever had this before in another series where there was a full-on design change with, with a hand wave of like, it was always this way? I think this is the only time, right? I
0: can't think of another one. Pretty much. Although a lot of the UC series like just, i mean just based on how much time has gone by when the original series aired compared to like you know how eighth ms team looks or yeah that's true or the Poppet, th- there's there's been a natural evolution and a progression of them wanting to make the designs look way more militarized and detailed i think this is so much more a case of um budget and and time to focus than it was a full redesign
1: and I wrote down a question, and, and while I was writing down the question, I answered it for myself. <laughs> I was going to ask you, why do you think they did that? And then I answered my own question, and, and that was because they wanted to sell more model kits. Because if you just had the same uh, suit in the movie, you already had the model of that. You don't need a new model. But if they make new ones, you need new models. So
0: Exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> right. Based on these models, though, Brian, is there one you'd buy?
1: Um, I would certainly build some of them. I still wouldn't buy them over other ones on my list.
0: But yeah, there, there's some that I like for sure. The Serpent. Is the Serpent on there or is that just too much of a a Diet Coke heavy arms? That's too much Diet Coke heavy arms for me. I
1: was not impressed okay. by the Serpent really. I didn't think it even did that much better than the Leos, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I feel like the, no. the Virgo 2s are way more advanced than the Serpents.
0: The Serpents just have Gatling guns yeah the barton foundation was this like a budget issue like he's like well i don't have the resources of multiple colonies i just kind of have my corporation we're gonna send them out with bullets Uh (laughs) (laughs) is that what happened do you think
1: yeah i mean i guess so there was no shields you know there was no uh beam rifle
0: yeah no deflectors huh wow yeah
1: and maybe he was just banking on the fact that everyone had destroyed all
0: their weapons that too, that's a good point. Yeah. He was like, well, no one's really going to fight us. The Gundam Wing Pies were dumb enough to send their Gundams to the sun. I really, you know, the closest thing I have to opposition will be maybe a policeman with a gun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of the movie opens with the narrator again, which just reminds you that the narrator is great, and I still think he's the best character in the show. Great voice, yeah. When you saw that the four Gundams were on their way to be sent into the sun, did you also think that this is a terrible idea and whoever
0: thought of this should be fired? Uh, not really, because to me it sounded like something, it sounded like the exact thing a pacifist government would do <laughs> to, to the weapons that save the world. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we can't have these. What if they fall into the wrong hands? Like, well. Uh... I mean, you could have said that for like the last war the whole time, right. but it seemed to be that they continuously fell in the good hands. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we should just mothball them and, you know, we'll bury them somewhere secured. Yeah, it seemed like too, too much of a final solution, right? I mean, you, right. you could just
1: bury it in two pieces in different places, right? We don't have to send it all the way to the sun.
0: That seems a little extreme. It's a little dramatic, right? Like yeah. almost like they were gonna televise it and be like, Well, there go the last of the weapons. Right. Now we'll we'll all live in peace and then the Barn Foundation showed up and said, Absolutely not <laughs>
1: <laughs> And uh, Wufei Wufe was the only one that didn't send his you know, because he's not an idiot, so...
0: Yes. <laughs> he's not an idiot. He's just... He's he's so much not an idiot, he immediately joined the ranks of this this villainous <laughs> organization. <laughs> yeah, he, he was smart enough to not get
1: rid of his Gundam, but dumb enough to join the Marimea army.
0: Yeah. I, I, why didn't... Why didn't Dakin, like, say, okay, you need to get in your... Whatever you call it, your... Uh, oh. N- Nakashi. Nataku. <laughs> Taku. Get in Nataku. Get in Naruto and, <laughs> oh, no. and pilot it for us. <laughs> Leonard's least in a battle, because you're you're pretty close to Invincible.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we find out that it's been a year later, and all of our favorite characters that are not the Gundam boys, they're back now, Isaac, in in this sort of official government organization called the Preventers. They're kind of like a peacekeeping task force, I guess, but they don't really have the Gundams anymore. Uh, We do do find out that they have at least Noind Taurus in storage, as well as a surprise that we'll see later. What did you think of the Preventers? Do they have any teeth if they don't really have mobile
0: suits? I was trying to figure out, like, what crises have they gone on and stopped just as, you know, a group? Like, I feel like in this post evor War world, shouldn't they just be sending, like, Relena? She is the, the Peace Corps. She is the diplomats. You know, she just meets them and negotiates peace. But I don't know. I wasn't really buying prevent her as them actually stopping wars. Unless by that, they do it like Celestial Bean style, mm. which if you haven't seen Double O, you won't get this reference. But, you know, they just march in with their Gundams and attack both sides until both sides have peace.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, that's a very that's a much more direct method than sending Relina, right? Yeah. When we first meet Sally, though, in the movie, she mentions that she finds Neo-Titanium, which she thinks is from a new mobile suit. And she calls it the 13th Constellation. And I assume that was a piece of a serpent, but did anything ever come of this 13th Constellation comment, Or did I miss it? Because I feel like it was just dropped. Because if she says 13th Constellation, doesn't that imply Oz? And we're not dealing with Oz here. We're dealing with the Barton Foundation.
0: That's a good point. That's kind of a, a writing mistake, right? Because to my knowledge, the Barton Foundation isn't part of Ramaphila at all. Because Ramaphila is earth-based and you know tied, the, tied to the aristocracy. And Barnes from the colonies. Yeah, I don't think he'd fit in. He wouldn't get the invite. Yeah, they would seem directly opposed to me. Yeah, absolutely. But you think like on a meta level, is he kinda like giving the finger to like the remnants of Romanfeller or former Romanfeller? Like, you know, to shame them he'll name it in a way they would have named it or what? Could be, yeah. I I can I can get on board with that. You you think he would have called it something else, right? Like, um well, I don't know. They'd be called meteor units or something, right? Yeah, to rub it in, right? Comets, something like that. You know, like, hey look, we're this is the real Operation Meteor, we're really gonna win now. Yeah,
1: or he would name it, you know, after uh, famous meteor showers, like, you know, the Taurids or the, the
0: Perseids or whatever. Oh, you just lost our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of us look at the stars like you. <laughs> look up at the sky
1: sometime, people. So, you know, Relina's making a speech. She gets drugged. She is kidnapped. And Isaac, the Marime army, rushes in to get Relina. And they're wearing these uniforms with these poofy pants. You have to hate these things, right?
0: I mean, they look like a mix of like bellhops and like magenta SA officers <laughs> from from Germany during World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> Their hats are terrible, and I don't know. The whole name, like Mary Maya Army, it's not. I can see why why Barton did it for the obvious pull of her as a, a propaganda piece, a figurehead yeah. to rally all of these former trade soldiers. But at the same time, it was. Not the not the first name I would have picked.
1: And not only are those uniforms bad, but but then there's the, the other uniform that her like I don't know, her other forces wear, the one that like Troa puts on. And those look like little oh, Cub yeah. Scouts.
0: Those are those aren't any better. No, they're not. And that was never really explained, right? Like there's like the cadets apparently, but they almost do nothing. Right? We only see them assemble in a hall <laughs> and then we see like Troa use one of their uniforms. Right, because the Magenta people were piloting the Serpents later, so I don't really know what the other people were doing. Tr- support, you know, preparing to be yeah. the, new, the new army for the, uh, the Mari Mario Army once it's, it's victorious. Yeah, maybe they get the coffee for the Magenta bellhops. <laughs> I would guarantee it. Yeah, they probably
1: do. Um, Tro is back in the circus, Isaac. You know, I guess he didn't get the pension after the show. He's still trying to make that money. His hair is still fabulous, though.
0: He still does insane acrobatic things. <laughs> and he also makes his Gundam do it later on, which we'll, we'll see. What I didn't get about that scene where, like, he takes out a bunch of uh, Barton Foundation goons. I think that he's talking with um, whatever her name is at the circus. Oh, Catherine. Yep. Yeah. And she mentions that, like, oh, there's a delay or something. Mm-hmm. or or and, and he, like, peeks out from behind the curtains at the circus. And he sees these goons just kind of smiling and looking down at the circus. Right. And they're armed their guns are kind of hidden underneath their suit jackets and he's like, Oh, I think something's wrong. I'll be back. And like, he goes out and like, he beats these guys up without having any idea who they were. <laughs> and they, like, once they're knocked out, then he like checks their IDs. Yep. And that's when he
1: puts it together that they're from the Barton foundation. Yeah. Cause they carry IDs apparently when they're on mission. <laughs> yeah. You think you wouldn't carry your ID from the place you are if you're trying to be discreet, but exactly not them. I forgot to mention all the preventers have code names. Sally is water. Noin is fire, which is great because she, you know, she is
0: fire. I like Noin. Uh, and then Zex later turns out to be Wind. What did you think of the code names? I thought they were cool, and I almost felt like it was uh, a half-baked idea for, like, what could have been a cool Preventer miniseries or something, right. right? Where the Gundams show up and, you know, with Relena, and they, like, peacefully resolve conflicts or, I don't know. They, they find a way, like, they realize their new challenge now is how to keep this world pacified and, you know, focused on not having wars. But ultimately, eh, I I don't know. It it seemed a bit much. Like it was it was fine calling each other Zex. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, like they knowing... didn't really like
1: they didn't go like high you know, high fire, please go do this or something.
0: so Yeah. It would it would be our group of friends calling each other codenames. Like <laughs> it's it like it's a little superfluous. We already have our ourselves on a first name basis. What's the point? <laughs>
1: you know? <laughs> true, true, exactly. About this time, Isaac, is when Marimea claims to be Trey's daughter to Relina oh and by the way this is also when her puffy pants soldiers rushed in real quick when like voices were raised and i could not take them seriously when they rushed in because of their poofy pants it just yeah i can't <laughs> do it it
0: made me laugh yeah. <laughs> Are we to assume that maria maya like to placate her and you know since she's just kind of a bratty child in control of an army mm-hmm. um dacon was like well oh, you, you know what I, I built this army for you but I know pink is your favorite color, so (laughs) I I decided to get them all magenta pink (laughs) uniform. Maybe. And she's like, yes, this is the best army ever. (laughs) He's like, whatever keeps her happy, as long as she keeps doing what I tell her to do. (laughs)
1: So what is your opinion on whether Marimea is actually Trace's daughter?
0: It's so confusing. I'm going to say yes, because at the end, like they show Lady Un with her Mm -hmm. at Trace's grave. But I feel like that wouldn't have been included if she wasn't actually the daughter. You know, if she was some orphan that, that Dakin was using, they probably would have done like a, a reunion scene with her real family or something. Or, I don't know, Lady Unge and, and Relena just kind of becoming like her moms or something.
1: Interesting. Okay, so I took away that she was not his actual daughter.
0: Then why go to the grave? Why show the grave scene?
1: Well, because Un just is loyal to Trey's. I, I took that as she just wants to take care of his daughter if, if it is her daughter. I mean, did did she go and get her own DNA test done? Because when Maya shows up, she goes, I'm his daughter and it's been proven. But, like, I have no reason to believe her. And then after Dakem shoots her at the end, he says, oh, I, you know, I made you and I can make another one. And then apparently on the wiki it says that the only time that Trays and Mari Maya's mother, who wasn't in the movie by the way, apparently her name is Leia.
0: <laughs> is she from a galaxy far, far away? Uh, apparently,
1: because she was she wasn't available for this movie, uh, but she was she was shown in Hero's story in the episode zero manga.
0: <laughs> Something we haven't seen and will never
1: read. <laughs> and. Apparently in the manga, Dakem's dying words, he says that she is just a kid that he picked up off the street. So Interesting. But it's not like anywhere, (laughs) there's there's no definitive thing that says that she is not the daughter. It just seems a little unanswered. So I'm curious if there's really big Gundam Wing fans out there, what your opinion is. Is she or is she not the daughter?
0: You know what? In that manga, he has to be shot in a different way, like through the chest or something. Because in the anime, (laughs) there's no way he's able to get off a sentence after taking one to the brain.
1: Yeah, when he took that shot in, in in this, I was like, oh, that was quick. Like, he really went down fast because I guess it was a headshot, so.
0: The shot had such concussive force, it, like, ruined the feather in his hair, <laughs> <laughs> in, in his cap. Deflated his feather, yeah. Yeah, he, like, falls to the ground and, like, the feather's ruined. Shortly after her discussion with
1: Relina, Duo and Hero, you know, they go rescue Relina and Katra decides that they should go get their Gundams back, and that was when I I really laughed, Isaac, because it was only 15 minutes into the movie, and and it was already like a bad idea that the Gundams <laughs> were sent into
0: the sun. God, it looked terrible. And like they sent like Preventer to send them in, you know? They didn't send j- just like a tug crew. <laughs> yeah, but I have qu- I have
1: questions about this. So I-, I assume there was some sort of inspection that happened w- at- before they decided to destroy the Gundams. Did the inspectors just do a bad job? Did they just not check Deckham's
0: or Deckham's colony? I mean, it seemed like everybody in that colony was pretty much on board with uh, the Rebellion, right? Relena meets that council of people before they give her that Cosby tea. Right. And then, like, you know, everybody there was on board with the Rebellion working for the Barton Foundation. So this is... The the, the Barton Foundation, I assume, has been laying low the whole time previously in, in the original series... Just biting their time. Yeah, maybe he was yeah. do you think
1: he was disappointed when the Virgo twos came out and he was like, Oh crap, all my serpents, those aren't as good. I'll just hang back.
0: I'm not sure. Maybe he was like, Well, now I really have to base my serpents on the heavy arms because heavy arms is still kicking Virgo ass <laughs> And then he was like keep waiting and then he was like, Okay, White Fang's gone, Ramafeller's gone. You know, now it's just an issue of time. I have I have a year to get this plan ready and finally kick it off. Okay, so I'm going to assume the inspectors did a bad job and they just didn't yes. didn't
1: check his area. But then, like, for example, the preventers are able to keep the Tall Geese 3 in storage. Why can't they keep the Gundams as well? Are we to assume that the, the Gundam boys made the decision instead of the government? Because, like, why not just store them with the Tall Geese?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Well... The Toggies almost had like historical importance, right? Like, even in the original series, they they referred to it as like just so being so ancient, yeah. And the model for all mobile suits, so to an extent, that's like a museum piece. Mm. But the the other mobile suits had been, you know, through the entirety of the war. Yeah. So I think the Gundams would be, yeah. You can't put them next to something that's essentially going to be in a in a in a museum. <laughs>
1: Some of the best parts of this film are the little flashbacks we get, Isaac, that sort of fill in, I would say, the missing pieces that should have been in the show, frankly, about you know what happened between the engineers and all the different Gundam pilots before they came to Earth. Um, we, we gradually find out that they all basically didn't want to do Operation Meteor, and the engineers let, kind of let them take the Gundams anyway and just fight however they wanted to. I'm not sure that that really <laughs> sure that that solves any of the weirdness in the show, but I guess it's nice to know, right?
0: Yeah, it it did explain how even though Dakin was behind the plot, maybe with some other people, to initially fight for the colony's freedom, or to an extent even drop an asteroid on Earth, I guess the chain of command was just so weak and easy to undermine that, yeah, the scientists just said, you know what? We're kind of not doing that insane plan. Here's something more reasonable. Just attack the enemy military. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, like, what what I thought was weird, so, for example, in the duo one, Duo tries to blow up Death Scythe and kill everyone and then himself. And the engineer's like, nah, don't do that. But you know what? Why don't you just steal Death Scythe and go to Earth anyway? And then in my head, I was like, well, isn't that wasn't that the plan anyway? I don't see how that's that much different. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> and then he leaves. And I was like, okay, so you're basically just doing Operation Meteor then. Except for the whole colony drop part. But
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a good point.
1: Uh, Hero's flashback was particularly pretty sad. Isaac, you know, he accidentally... Blows up a, a building that had a, this girl in it and her dog, and dog dies, and the, presumably the girl as well.
0: She's gone. That was, that was legit sad. I feel like seeing that in the last series might have gone a long way in explaining hero's cold demeanor. Right. But having yeah. it kind of shoehorned in now, it, it, I don't know, it's kind of too little too late, almost, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think all these flashbacks should have been in the show.
0: And for most of the pilots, I got the impression that they weren't so much... Well, hero especially, they weren't so much lifelong colony operatives. They weren't with the resistance from day one. It's more that they kind of just were recruited to be specifically the Gundam pilots.
1: I'm sure there's some more backstory out there in those mangas that we haven't read, and I don't think Isaac will be reading anytime soon, listeners. But uh... I might read like a synopsis. <laughs> If you know what happens in those, you can post and let Isaac know. Don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> Don't spoil it for him, I guess.
0: The only thing I want to read is the manga about Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> the Tuberob Diaries. There you go.
1: Samari <laughs> so Mea publicly declares independence and war at the same time, which I thought was funny.
0: <laughs> Can't have one without the other. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, she basically becomes Zeon overnight, right?
0: Yeah, pretty much. But, like, <laughs> she gets on Earth and... A super weaponless she's able to seize control of the headquarters the capital
1: i think that was part of the movie that i didn't like I, I feel like everyone gave up too quickly on that like how did earth capitulate
0: so easily i mean this is what happens when you don't have weapons because <laughs> remember like <laughs> i think there's a scene when the serpents are, are being dropped onto earth and I think they show the president on the phone and he's like, what do you mean nobody knew this was happening? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like. They're, they're,
1: she's, like, scolding uh, Un for not uh,
0: preventing this, I guess. <laughs> Your organization's preventer. How did you not prevent this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Was he so unimportant that, like, they essentially just put him under, like, house arrest and, like, they the only person of importance they actually take is Relena. You know, they take her to, like, their command center... <laughs> In the captured uh, government building
1: you know it's interesting that you mentioned that he's not that important because i couldn't actually remember his name for the series and so when i was leafing through the official guide here it does list all the characters and i don't think he was even given a name isaac in in this guide he's just listed as earth sphere united nation president
0: yeah i mean <laughs> that's a good point well he never got a name you know because it's meaningless he's just a figurehead
1: you know what always bothered me, and it bothered me again on this watch? I, I had a, a, a deja vu of, of, you know, like 20 years ago. So when Duo and Hero invade the colony, trying to, you know, get control of it, Duo encounters Troa in a serpent. And he deduces that Troa is in the serpent because of the serpent's, quote, combat style, and that Duo, you know, knows that combat style anywhere. But the serpent wasn't... All it was doing was standing there and firing its gun... That was it. It wasn't moving in any particular way. I don't know. That part always got me. Did, did you notice that?
0: Sort of. I mean, <laughs> isn't that normally how they fight? Because they have like no close combat weapons.
1: But I mean, anyone would be standing there in the serpent firing their gun at him.
0: How does he know that it's Trola? <laughs> Maybe the manner in which he fires, like only, only the heavy arms fights in a similar way. Only the heavy arms takes like a, a three-quarter stance <laughs> while firing from the hip.
1: All right. Someone out there, a uh, Troa fan, can you tell me what what is so unique about Troa's, quote, fighting style?
0: I want the Troa fan to post a side-by-side capture. On the left is the heavy arms from the original series, and on the right will be the serpent in the exact same pose. <laughs> so we know, like, only Troa would take that position in combat. <laughs>
1: uh, Wufe shows up, Isaac, and I think Wufe is the part I hate about the sh- series slash movie the most. So he intercepts Hero and starts fighting with him, and we find out that he's joined Mari Mea. He fights Hero in in the Leo, and then once Hero gets the Wing Zero, Wu Fei fights him again. All the while, I'm like, why is Wu Fei doing this? He keeps saying this stuff about, oh well, I'm a soldier and I have no place in this new world, and I'm basically mad about it. Was that it?
0: Yeah, I mean, this begs the question though, right? Like. What did Wufei think would happen if the colonies won?
1: Right, exactly. So w- <laughs> it, his attitude now makes no sense based on what happened in the series because he was fighting for this exact thing, and now he's mad about it?
0: I don't get it. Wufei's a mess, though, you know, because, like, ever since his duel with Trey's, he hasn't been quite put together, right? He's right. been through a lot. Then, like, Trey's pretty much let himself die, and then he feels so weird about killing Trey's, and then at the same time, he sees this war kicking off again, and he thinks he's a soldier since that's pretty much all he was his whole life. So, yeah, maybe he was having a bit of a a bit of a breakdown moment, Brian.
1: I guess, but to me it just felt, again, it was... It doesn't was, make
0: sense otherwise,
1: Brian. No, no, it doesn't make sense. And it was another one of those situations where... There is this illogical situation occurring, and then character A says something that gets them to the next plot point, but doesn't really address the problem. And so exactly. he 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 said something like, uh, "I don't like not being able to fight, and you need to understand that. What am I supposed to do in this new world? Blah blah blah." But like that was what the whole last forty nine episodes were about, pal. I, I don't <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, get it together. Like this, you know. This is why your the engineer gave you the Gundam. This is why your master died and trusted you with it. I feel like he really regressed as a character, and I felt like that was just because they didn't know what else to do with Wu Fei in this, in this film.
0: I thought it would have been so much better if Wu Fei's reveal was that he kind of had the same idea like Troa. Like, okay, the best way to stop this group is to infiltrate them. <laughs> so that's why I joined. That's why I have like my own mobile suit, and they let me carry a sword, you know? <laughs> And then, like, at the critical moment, he would turn on them, you know. Yeah, right. But that never happened. <laughs> he switches back to being good, but at the same time, it was kind of like, ah, eh, come on. Do we have to keep an eye on you, like, after this crisis? <laughs> right. I think a better ending
1: would have been if Wufe killed Barton. Because then he could have been, like, preserving the peace that Trey's created by dying.
0: Yeah. Oh, that would have been great, right? Rather than random Trey soldier. To me, that seems way more poetic. He could be, you know, he could
1: finally get over his his awkwardness about Trey letting himself die, by paying Trey's back by preserving the peace that Trey's created.
0: Yeah, that would have been better. That makes way
1: more sense to me. I don't understand right. what Wu is doing here. So uh, maybe if you're a big Wu Fei fan, come correct me, because I don't like Wu in this in this series. It really
0: pulls it down for me. So does this mean that all these other soldiers, even a high-ranking one, assuming since he was in the headquarters, a high-ranking one like him, had no idea that she wasn't really Trace's daughter. Like they bought the lie, also they were lied to, also.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone has any reason to doubt yeah. them. I guess, although you would think that, you would hope that the news organizations are trying to dig into this, but.
0: Well, at this point, they might have just been freaked out, right? Like, oh God, there's mobile suits again. Right. You know, <laughs> report on mobile suits. Don't really dig into Mari too much. For all we know, they're gonna have like. You know, this is the Barton Foundation. They might drop some serpents on us and just kill everyone in the building. Did
1: you notice that Barton really hates Cans from the show?
0: (laughs) I remember he referenced him a few times. He did. Like, oh, I should have trusted Cans. Or or, so-and-so told me can't, but can said this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so there was two scenes that stuck out in particular. There was one very brief scene. It was maybe five to six seconds long. All of a sudden, they cut to Barton like on his you know colony or whatever and he goes my good thing my calculations are correct unlike cans and then it just cuts to the next scene and i was like wow like that was abrupt like he just doesn't like cans and then later on uh, when barton is explaining to zex about what the original operation meteor is basically that you know they wanted to drop a drop a colony yeah barton's like i'll let you surrender and i'll let you i'm not going to make you leader like that idiot cans did but you can be a soldier <laughs> of mari man <laughs>
0: That's pretty good. I mean, well, I used, does this mean like during the whole crisis, like once the uh, White Fang showed up, he's just been watching from the sidelines?
1: <laughs> yeah, just like stewing yeah, about it. Yeah, had to, you right? Know? Yeah.
0: Okay. Probably like yelling at his TV, like throwing things. Like, what are you doing, James? Yeah, <laughs> Don't let Dorothy on Libra. <laughs> are you out of your mind? <laughs> You fool!
1: Um, She's
0: not even from the colonies.
1: <laughs> I feel like if they, if those two know each other, and clearly it's an important relationship, right? Yeah, we should have had a flashback between those two.
0: Ooh, you, like we shipped them?
1: Well, <laughs> well, maybe, yeah, maybe they're spurned lovers, you know?
0: And, and yeah, it's like they had a bad breakup. and He's like, "Son sort of a, I'm gonna build my own revolution and resistance movement."
1: <laughs> maybe they broke up over the color of the uniforms. You know, because oh, yeah. Cans, like, really loved his vest. I don't think he would have gone along with those puffy pants.
0: Nah, he can't do magenta. He's a he's a blue and khaki guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where he drew the line. Yeah, he demanded the Virgo twos were khaki because he knew, he knew Barton would make them magenta if he had control. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's where they split. The ideological split occurred.
0: Oh, God, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> our manga series where we ship dermail and tuber and dakin and, and, and canes they're gonna sell like hotcakes brian the fans are gonna love it
1: we're being put on sunrise's blacklist right now of like people never yeah, to I mean, hire to do anything fundamentally
0: <laughs> condom- i mean think about it how interesting would it be to see these stories from the villain's point of view right <laughs> it, yeah they should do one like that Turns out Dermail gave Tuberov the mobile doll project just because of their relationship.
1: (laughs) Another thing I didn't like, Isaac, was so everyone got a nice, great redesign in this show. If you're on the good guy team, right? All the Gundams. Zach's got a new tall geese. You know who didn't get a new mobile suit, Isaac? Was Noine. She's still using that white Taurus.
0: She's got some sentimental attachment to it because that's not just a white Taurus. That's a Sank Kingdom, Taurus. Uh,
1: I guess, but fine. Give her a new white mobile suit. But (laughs) she needs something better than a Taurus. Like, this was the opportunity to give her a Gundam or or, uh, a Tall Geese, you know, a Tall Geese 4.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think she has the most experience in a Taurus. Maybe she didn't want to upgrade. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it just seems like, again, another missed opportunity to have a female pilot in a mobile (laughs) suit that mattered.
0: Part of the ongoing uh, Sunrise Conspiracy to keep women out of Gundam (laughs) cockpits. (laughs) Ooh, Brian, in a rewrite, would you have wanted Mari Mea in, like, a magenta Gundam? Gundam Kushrenada.
1: She'd kind of be, like, pull from, you know, Double Zeta and... Uh,
0: yeah. And or, or or they put her in, like, maybe, like, a mobile armor equivalent, right? Because she's...
1: Yeah. Cubile. Oh, yeah, well, I was going to bring up mobile armors. We never really saw mobile armor in this series.
0: No, that was quite interesting, I guess. Uh, well, I think Romifelder. I forgot who Ramafeller was. But uh, they kind of make a point at saying... Maybe it was Noin. To Relena. Um, I think they're going to Romefeller headquarters or Stank Kingdom, and they're like, oh, you know, Leos are here or something, or Leos are guarding us. And then one of them's like, oh, yeah, I wonder why they're so humanoid. And then someone was like, well, you know, it's multiple reasons. Intimidation, also psychologically, like a bigger humanoid has an impact. And, you know, at the same time, I think uh, Romefeller thinks they're knights since they're royalty. Yeah. So, of course, their guards would be, their armies would be knights. But yes, a mobile armor would have been interesting to see.
1: And this would have been the place to do it, right? In, in the Capstone movie, the Capstone OVA series.
0: Yeah, that <laughs> that would have been cool.
1: So Okay, maybe that's the question. If you had to design a mobile armor for this show, what would it be and who would pilot it? So you'd put Mari Mea in it?
0: I think it would be interesting to having a showdown with Mari Mea in the mobile armor. Or the mobile armors of such size that a, a handful of people can be in it. There'd be Mari Mea in it and also Barton. Yeah. And of course in the climax you know Mari Maya can escape it and uh, Barton gets destroyed in it. What would it look like? Ooh, that's hard to see. I noticed the Marimea symbol was sort of a bird of prey of some kind. Mm-hmm. So I'd make it similar in design. Maybe uh a, a falconized Noiseel.
1: Okay, maybe like an exaggerated bird mode of the wing zero or something.
0: Yeah, something like that. Something that we've seen similar to what the colonies put out. Yeah, I would yeah. like that. I could I could get on board with that magenta coloring or something like that sinister colors whatever
1: Isaac when <laughs> when the movie ends <laughs> instead of sending their guns into the sun they self-detonate them all they didn't have to do it to wing zero because it already broke up but I don't believe in the self-detonation anymore Isaac how many times did they detonate their guns in the show and then they just like fixed them somehow
0: yeah but at the same time like you have to keep in mind who was fixing them it was Romfeller, usually. <laughs> right True. well the, the massive global corporation that has like the money and the technology and the, the resources to essentially from pieces be able to reverse engineer and repair something they've never encountered before so i don't think any corporations of that size are still around although i still say it's um a bit of a missed opportunity that dorothy didn't return as a villain for this one that would have made way more sense than mari mea yeah right that came out of nowhere it would have been one thing if we saw like baby mari mea throughout you know, Gundam Wing, right. and like Trey was always saying stuff like, you know, you know, oh, Zex, you have to meet my daughter or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, knowing, have you seen little mea You know, or something, yep. something like that. Whatever. The, the, the foreshadowing. But, um, yeah, Dorothy as a villain returning with, you know, the, the remnants of Ramafeller would have been way more better. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Because you, you, they spent, whatever, 20
1: episodes developing Dorothy. I was trying to think of a way to make Marimea make sense. And I was thinking, this has been kind of a dark turn. Right. Maybe they don't want to go this dark. I was like, maybe what they should have done is had her be Trace's daughter, but instead of this nameless mother, the daughter could have been Lady Un from one of her other personalities and like, whoa. And Barton like, uh, you know, kidnapped her for a year or whatever and, you know, took the child and then like raised, you know, raised out outside of Un's knowing about it because her personality changed and like never went back to that one or something like that.
0: That's brilliant. I like that a
1: lot. <laughs> it's a little dark, so I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't want to do it's, that, but
0: well, yeah, it's a little dark, and we have to like kind of question like, what the heck happened with her and Trays, right? You yeah. know, <laughs> should should Ramaphela have done an investigation? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Trey's didn't know about it, you know? Yeah yeah okay okay
1: you know there, there could have been a rendezvous which I'm, I'm sure there were there was because since she was you know bringing him stuff in his bath yeah like, she she forgot about that memory where she'd gone to the bath yeah or maybe there was just a wild night with you know him zex and her
0: and things got out of hand <laughs> Wait him zex and her well you know I, I don't know I figured <laughs> he seems pretty open Ooh. But- Brian's theory Zex is really Mary May's dad. wow <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like it already. Ooh, the the mystery.
1: As far as our other pilots, Duo finally sees Hildy in the credits. She doesn't even get a line in the movie, Isaac. She doesn't deserve one. You're so useless. <laughs> Troa goes back to clowning, of course, because this dude has no money and he needs to he needs to join the circus. <laughs> Hiro goes to Shibuya Crossing and says mission complete. Was there a significance that he was at Shibuya Crossing
0: no, I mean, which is strange. Yeah. Well. Okay. Sure. I'll buy that. This really bookends the whole series in general because Barton was the last part of Operation Meteor, right? Yep. So yeah, I, I guess in that sense it makes sense. And Wu joins the Preventers with Sally. Does Sally have a crush on Wu I I think it's more just they have like an ongoing working relationship, right? Because when they first met and he like saved her a bunch of times, she called him like the bravest man she knows or something like that. Right. Yeah. Or the, we we need you cause you're like a fighter or a killer or something like that. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think it's a case of just, you know, you have the coworkers that you've generally worked with and you know, things are going to be okay if you hang out with them. So, yeah,
1: <laughs> I bet she wishes that he wouldn't have blown up his Gundam though. No
0: probably well i'm not sure how she feels at the end of the series but yeah I, i'm sure uh, she seems so reasonable right? I, right i'm sure heard the back of her mind this whole time she's like man these guys are idiots But i'm not really not going to say anything because you know we really need to get through this crisis but like when we're being debriefed i'm going to be like this is it was a terrible idea to get rid of our weapons <laughs> isaac what about the mecha
1: redesigns here do you have any that stand out so if we start at the top we got wing zero I think Wing Zero is my least favorite redesign. I think the wings are a little bit over the top.
0: Yeah, they're bordering on organic, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I just thought that it was always kind of a weird look. Sandrock looks very unchanged, I'd say.
1: I like this Sandrock a lot better. I think it's just the, the colors really? are different or huh. something. The shoulders are different. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. For me, it wasn't enough change. Really? Okay. What would you do to Sandrock
0: to make it different? I think I would have liked um, Heat Scimitars. Oh, okay. So, the, them having a glow to them and like, you know, going through serpents and like leaving molten glow, red red metal behind, I think that would have been a cool uh, feature to add. Other than that, the rest of them, they, they look passable. I didn't think there were, any of them really had extraordinary redesigns um, other than the, the great detailing. Maybe Heavy Arms had like the best detailing just because of how much more militarized it came off.
1: I think Heavy Arms from the show looks like a toy, <laughs> and this one looks like a Gundam yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah and we very rarely get green gundams so i do i do like some heavy arms custom there you go
0: yeah what do you you think of death scythe though
1: well look i'm not like a huge guy that loves evil looking gothic things (laughs) we have a mutual friend though that he loves death scythe uh, hell custom i think that death scythe in this show does a much better job of reaching that audience than epion did in the original show
0: yeah, I suppose so, especially since Epion was with us so briefly, right? Yeah. It's not even from the whole series. I think the wings are
1: cool. I think that would be a, a really cool model to build. I think that would look great on a shelf, even though if it's not my, my favorite mobile suit. Those toe spikes are enormous. I would have liked to <laughs> seen him kick some serpents with those in, in the show. That's a missed opportunity there. I do like that they went back to the single-bladed scythe. I thought the double-bladed scythe was a little ridiculous. <laughs>
0: god now that you've met, put it that way like the serpents were just so so immobile of an enemy weren't they like they, they just stand and shoot you mm-hmm. know say say what you will about i don't know the aries <laughs> that we saw in the original series but they move around and stuff right like they're they're much more animated the, the serpents fought like mobile dolls which is the opposite of what a trade soldier <laughs> would want to fight as i think
1: Right, they were the budget, you know, 99 cent store version for Barton's budget revolution. Because again, I don't think he thought that he'd be fighting Gundams, right?
0: Right, yeah, because otherwise he wouldn't have sent bullets, right? He would have grabbed some some Virgo uh, beam cannons and sent them out at the Gundams, since those actually seem to work.
1: Yeah, and there was that part in the film where Catra really insults the serpents, right? He's like, if we were trying to kill, we'd been done a long time ago, but we're not. <laughs> <laughs> So it didn't really paint them in a great light. So I, I thought it was weird to go backwards from the Virgo 2s down to the Serpents, which to me were much more akin to like a Leo.
0: Yeah. I mean, in their defense, right? The Barton Foundation, the, the Marimé Army soldiers, they probably used to piloting Leos. Maybe a few of them had Tauruses or Ares. Yeah. So
1: I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it is a nice touch that it uses a gun very similar to heavy arms, if not the same gun. Yeah. You know, giving it to the Barton Foundation and all that. Uh, I thought Nataku's des- redesign was great. I like that one, too. Again, green. It's good color. Would you buy it?
0: Um, It's the most G Gundam <laughs> of, the, of the mobile suits that we see in uh, Gundam Wing.
1: I think that model would would look great because you could put it on an action-based stand and then get stands for the dragon arms and have them going out in the air. I think that would make a great, uh-huh. a great display. So... I'm not sure if I would buy it. I I have way too many already, but I mean, I would certainly build it if someone gave it to me.
0: Yeah, I wanted to be into the Serpent, but they're really... No, I I remember liking it more when I originally saw endless Walls, if that makes sense. I think the Serpent's pretty boring. Yeah, they essentially put a Leo head on the heavy arms and took away the cool colors.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I was going to say that the colors themselves are just boring.
0: Right? I mean, something magenta and more sinister looking, I think, would have carried a lot of weight and at least had impact, you know?
1: Yeah, magenta would have been a nice touch to at least, you know, color coordinate. (laughs) Maybe Cans, you know, went behind Barton's back and put in (laughs) the order, and he ordered it in khaki, and it was too late. Barton couldn't undo the order, and that's why they broke up right there.
0: Yeah, so they get sent down in, like, this kind of grayish color scheme. (laughs) Yeah. Barton had to, like, you know, stay up all night mixing paint. (laughs) Damn that, Cans. That son of a (laughs) bitch. He knows I hate khaki. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: okay, what about the Tall Geese 3? I know you were not a fan of the Tall Geese 1. You liked the Tall Geese 2 better because it had blue. Tall right. Geese 3 is somewhere in the middle. How do you feel about the Tall Geese 3?
0: I'm a bit more on board about 3 and 2. Okay. So 3, three, I feel like, was unique and cool enough looking that, yeah, I'm interested for sure. Yeah,
1: I think I like the Tall Geese line the most out of the whole show. I did go and look up some reviews on YouTube of the Master Grades. Uh, and there's one guy that had all three of them. And all three Tall Geese, I think, Master Grades, they're kind of hard to find. They're a little expensive. A lot of them are exclusive uh, premium Bandai kits. Wow. But, man, they look good. They look good up close, painted, especially when you paint them. So the the Master Grades that they're putting out for the Endless Waltz stuff, apparently they're they're pretty good. If you're a fan, I think there's some good Master Grades out there for you. So I'm not sure which one I like more, the Tall Geese 1 and the Tall Geese 3. I wish the Tall Geese 3 had a little bit more blue, Isaac. I do like that it has that whip, though. That's cool.
0: Would you want it to have, like, enough blue like Tallgeist 2?
1: There are these little front panels on its thighs. I think if you just made those blue and maybe its shoulders, some of the round parts on its shoulders blue, I think it'd look better. Okay. It's a lot of white.
0: Yeah, I really like the Tallgeist 2's color scheme, but, you know, we didn't get that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They almost wanted to, like, half Epion with the Tallgeist 1, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the, the lore yeah. on this is that Trey's built the Tall Geese 3 at the same time he built the Tall Geese 2, but it wasn't done, so he couldn't take it with him. <laughs> and he died. Yeah, and then he well, then he died, yeah, so it, that was the end of that chapter,
0: but it's difficult to pilot a mobile suit <laughs> when you're dead.
1: All right, Isaac, anything else, or you wanna you want to give your
0: haros? I'm willing to give my haros. Okay, let's do it. All right, well, I'll say that overall... Well, the movie was definitely an improvement visually and animation style over the series, but it still felt tacked on, and I wasn't too happy to revisit the After Colony era. So, for that reason, I give Gundam Wing: Endless Waltz two out of five Haros. Ouch!
1: All right. So, from my perspective, I think this film, this over three OVAS, again, I recommend anyone who wants to watch it to go watch the film due to the extra footage. I thought it was great relative to the show and more like the last four to six episodes of the show, which is a good thing in my opinion. I think that was the best part of the show. Things that I thought that were good from those episodes carry over to this movie. The boys are together, mostly, and they're doing things as a unit with the exception of Wu Fei. plot has to move fast inherently due to the format, and I feel like if this plot was put in the show, they would have made it eight to ten episodes, and it would have felt terrible again. I think it offers a lot of good backstory that was that should have been in the original show, so it's I guess it's good that we're getting it now. Though there are still some questionable decisions slash plot points, particularly Wu Fei, which I really don't like that. And I think the great redesigns and the great animation elevate it. So I think if you like Gundam Wing and the characters, I think this is probably a satisfying ending for you and was probably just a joy to watch. So I think with all that, I'll give the Endless Waltz itself a 7.5 out of 10. But I'd say at least two of those points, Isaac, are due to the the nice designs and the nice animation. Because it's a beautiful animation. It reminds me a lot of 0083.
0: Ooh, oh God, shots fired. Wow, that hurts.
1: <laughs> no, the, I'm talking the animation, you know, the designs. It's around the same time. Yeah. So uh,
0: I I think 0083 came out ahead, but sure, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, I mean, yeah, the animation really holds a lot of the weight on why it's so good. Everything else is just. Uh, kind of a hot rush mess, but yeah, if you like what you had before, it's enjoyable.
1: All righty, everybody. I think Isaac has now had enough Gundam Wing for a lifetime.
0: It'll never be seen again.
1: I'm not sure that we will ever be reviewing any of those prequel mangas. Um, <laughs> if it is, if we do, it'll just be me on the episode. Um, I,
0: don't, I think we'll be off reading something else. So the only way I can see it happening is if we go through like a Gundam drought you know yeah true true yeah like we we consumed all the content and like i don't know uh, years have passed since gundam wing and we've been like you know what let's go back (laughs) (laughs) let's at least check out the manga like even from a funny point of view and see what happened i could see it because as we all know i've been wrong on manga before (laughs) with crossbone i was so wrong dead wrong
1: all right isaac i think that about wraps it up any topics you'd like the listeners to comment on
0: How would you rewrite Gundam Wing Endless Waltz? Comment below ways you'd make it better, things you wish they did, like a callback maybe to an episode from Gundam Wing. Let us know below. All right, everybody, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Brian, take us out of here. All
1: right, everybody, don't forget, before you go to sleep tonight, stand next to your bed, take your finger off that self-detonator, and remind yourself, mission complete. Merry Christmas Eve, everybody. Oh man, I didn't even talk about Raleena's ultimate character development. When she slapped Mary May across the face. How's that for some total pacifism?